0: you're listening to the reality steve podcast with your host reality steve he's got all your latest info and behind the scenes juice on rachel season and interviewing all your favorite past bachelor and bachelorette contestants now here's reality steve
1: Welcome to podcast number 36. I am your host, Reality Steve, and today we have a very special guest, not from Bachelor Nation, although technically she is indirectly linked to them, which we'll get to later. I I couldn't even begin to list all the accolades that she has, but we were introduced within the last couple years when I was asked to appear on her current Sirius XM show, Channel 109, called The Jenny McCarthy Show. She is a model, she's an actress, she's a mother, TV host, radio host. She does it all. She is the lovely Jenny McCarthy. Jenny, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this. What an intro. You (laughs) forgot
0: five-time award Razzie winner.
1: Oh, (laughs) you won five Razzies? (laughs) I won five. You
0: know, I, I actually held the title for most for a long time. And then I think I forgot who beat me. It was someone like Will Smith or Holly Berry. I can't quite remember. But unfortunately, I'm not in that category anymore of the of the, the highest razz winner
1: this oh. <laughs> is a fun thing to get um just seriously though what do you see yourself as because i literally couldn't think of one thing to introduce you as like do you have something that you'd laugh- like to be referred to as
0: I, it's funny because when I, I when i talk to my husband sometimes i do a fake intro i'll say hi it's mrs Wahlberg, author actress you know and i'll name like 40 different things and I, I do try to figure that out every time I do a talk show. Cause they go, I, is it, what do you, what do you want to be? And I'm always laughing. And I, and I wanted to be at that place, Um, after 25 years in the business. Cause yeah. I learned to try to conquer every medium possible. I mean, I wrote 11 books, I think, and did acting until I didn't want to do acting anymore and wanted to go back to TV hosting and then did that. And um, radio, so it's just you know, I'm I'm a scrapper. I, I want to be in this business, and I and I try every hat on, if you will. So hopefully, you'll never be able to figure out one thing.
1: Yeah, no, you don't want to pigeon want yourself, to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. And you've done obviously many things. Uh, I even forgot to include author in there. I mean, geez. How did I forget that? But, I mean, I was running out of things. So <laughs> I know. It's the only actually good thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to talking about Bachelor and Bachelorette stuff, I want to I briefly go over your career and just talk about a few things. Um, I, I, I've followed you for a while because, I mean, when you hit the scene in 1993 uh, in Playboy, I was graduating high school and starting college. So, I mean, that was it. Like, you were the it girl for me. And my friends during my formative years, when when I became a man, I believe I told you this when I came on your show. Um, but <laughs> yeah. the whole thing with, you know, you came from a Catholic upbringing, and then Playboy comes around. Like, how did that even come about, and the backlash that you got from it, if any?
0: Um, I went to college. I went to SIU. Yeah. And we, you know, I came from kind of a poor family, Um, great, loving family, but didn't have much money. And uh, the police came to arrest me because I was bouncing checks and I made illegal parking passes, selling them to freshmen to make some cash. And I literally crawled out of my bedroom window, got in the car and drove home and never went back to school. And my mom said, you know, if you're going to move back home, you have to do something. And I kind of had that inner voice going, you know, do that thing you always wanted to do. And I did always want to go to Hollywood. I did always want to host, um, be in front of the camera in some capacity. I would pretend to be Oprah in my basement for years. So I packed up my U-Haul. And um, just before, though, I'm forgetting the most important part, I posed for Playboy. The Chicago headquarters are actually the original headquarters for Playboy. And um, before I moved out to L.A., I thought to myself, well, i got to pay off my debt, which was $20,000, and I need to have some type of connection to somebody. Like, I was so scared of swimming with all those sharks um, that I actually thought that Playboy would be a good hand to hold to kind of guide me in that whole city. And now I know it's the opposite for some actresses, but for me, I thought, you know what? I've got new boobs and blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, you know, and I, and I owe $20,000 and it pays $20,000. Let me see if it works. So I went and posed and um, I got a lot of crap for it. My, my family is very Catholic. So it was tough in my neighborhood at that time. Posing nude was a big deal. It's not really today, but it was back then. And um, I just kind of had to keep my eye on the prize and go and convince my mom that I was meant for bigger and better. Like most girls, when I went to the Playboy Mansion finally, they all said, because I'd ask them, I'd interview them, like, why did you do this? What made you want to do this? And every single girl said, oh, I want to get back at my boyfriend (laughs) <laughs> or I want to marry a rich guy and be done with it. So Playboy to them was their end goal. And for me, I was the only one I knew um, at the mansion at the time that had thought of it as a first step. So um, then I became Playmate of the Year and I cut the cord, which was really hard to do because Playboy its kind of like um, – I I'm going to give it a bad analogy. So I'm just not going to, cause <laughs> I thought it was, a, like, it was a great thing, but you know, the money can seduce you to do appearances. So I had to cut that cord, kind of go broke and do what everyone else did, hit the auditions.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, uh, tried to get in for MTV. Cause I thought that would be a great transition to show my personality. Cause I'm like, I'm not this bunny, you know, I'm not this, typical i think playboy playmate so i thought mtv was a great starting launching pad and lo and behold you know i beat up 400 girls and went from there
1: guys let's take a break real quick and talk to you about psychic source again i know love can be confusing as hell wouldn't be nice to have a personal advisor at your fingertips the Psychics psychic source extremely confident they'll get your questions answered Take it from their spokesperson, Tori Spelling, who's openly relied on their guidance for quite some time now. It's nice to know what's coming to be able to talk things through with someone unbiased like myself, even though I'm not part of Psychic Source. Not to mention, they're willing to give you a discounted introductory rate of just 75 cents a minute plus the first three minutes and guide to psychic readings free. So try out a private confidential phone call or online chat reading anytime, 24-7. If you're not happy, they'll refund you so you have nothing to lose. Not sure where to start? Customer care agents are available around the clock to match your personality with a gifted psychic advisor, or you can browse PsychicSource.com to check them out before you create an account. Take a chance. That could change your life. Try PsychicSource for just 75 cents a minute and get your first three minutes and a guide to psychic readings free. Just mention promo code Steve when you call 844-897-8206 or sign up online at PsychicSource.com. I also want to talk to you about Casper Mattresses. They are on board with the Reality Steve Podcast, and I can't speak glowingly enough about them. Casper matches an ex- obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep-free surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for a 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering... You are going to spend a third of your life on a mattress, free shipping and returns to US and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. I've gotten a Casper mattress for myself. It was put in my spare room and I decided to forego my own bedroom one night to sleep on my Casper mattress. Um, There's a good chance I might be foregoing my own bedroom a few nights a week now. Because I really do like this Casper mattress. It's, to be honest, for something that arrives in the mail, like, you know, you get a mattress it's usually delivered by the mattress company. This arrives in a box at your doorstep. You just open up the box, you unfold the mattress and lay on it. You would think like, well, it can't possibly be comfortable as something that's in a mattress store. Wrong. It is. I've got one. Trust me. So, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com backslash realitysteve and using the offer code realitysteve. That's $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com backslash realitysteve and using the offer code realitysteve. Terms and conditions apply. Now, let's get back to a little bit more of Jenny McCarthy. I would guess that you would consider Singled Out on MTV your first big break. So, that was the one that got you... Your first TV? Was that like your major, f- first major TV gig?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the one that um, it's like one year to the date of me moving there, uh, I got MTV. And, you know, MTV really didn't have programming back then. Yeah. So it was kind of new uh, territory. Of course, I think we ruined the network by <laughs> being a success. They don't play music videos anymore, but um, it was a daily show that I just, it caught on so quickly. I had no idea what I was getting myself into and no idea it was going to be such a phenomenon. Within the first 30 days of airing, McCullough has called and said, Rolling Stone wants in the cover. And being very naive, being very poor, being Chicago girl that we couldn't afford magazines. I didn't know any of them. And I said, why would I, why would a rocker magazine Ever want me on a cover? I don't understand. And lo and behold, you know, it's the biggest cover yeah. <laughs> I think you can get. So I—that was my first cover, Rolling Stone, and from there it just went crazy. And for me to try to explain to twenty-five-year-olds now that I'm like, I swear to God, I was Kylie back then. You know, they're like, Yeah, right. I'm like, No, I swear. Yeah. I had like a year. People. People magazine did a Jenny-O-Meter every week to see where I was, and. You know, during that time, even though it was so big and I was everywhere, I was, and I heard a lot of famous people said this before, but I was miserable. It was so, it was too much, too much too soon. And I remember just crying in my car thinking, I want this to go away. It's just overwhelming. I can't deal. And um, I wished, and I literally wished and wished and wished it away. And I Slowed the brakes, literally, and, um, found my, you know, got my, uh, I don't know how to describe it, got my confidence back to a place where I felt comfortable because Hollywood is a very shady, scary place. Yeah. And especially when you make it, like everyone is pulling you, everyone's telling you who to be, everyone's telling me to, you know, change who I was on MTV, if I want to move forward, So I just had to kind of step back and let all of those voices shut up and figure out what I wanted to do and figure out the speed that I wanted to go at and what medium I wanted to be in. So I tried acting. I did a bunch of guest appearances. Um, I did 14 pilots that didn't wind up airing. I did a deal with Oprah for five years to kind of take over. Her, she was casting the baton, and um, I dropped out of that because it was going to be on own, so I just really took kind of control over my career. And you know, I I didn't want to make it my first priority in my life, I wanted to make motherhood, and I've got about as much out of it as I wanted through the years. Yeah, if that makes any sense at all,
1: no, I it does because. I grew up in Southern California. Went to college in L.A. Was in radio in L.A. Right out of college, so I'm very well aware of the scene out there. And um, and it's not for everybody. I get it. And it's in, in the way in the way shit was being thrown at you in terms of everything with with Playboy. And I mean, like you said, you were the it girl in the mid '90s. There to where, yeah, you had all these TV shows, all these pilots. You did have a TV show at one time, the Jenny, you know, the Jenny Show, and then. Um, you know, like I said, Singled Out was the first one. I mean, there were a lot of TV projects for you over the years. I wanted to ask you if there was any one project that never made it to air or maybe ended shortly that you felt could have lasted longer and you felt maybe wasn't given enough of a chance.
0: Um, I would say the thing that I miss and loved out of everything I've done and wish it could have continued was my sketch show. So people think that it was canceled after 22 episodes, but that's not true. What MTV did was they approached me in the height of everything and said, hey, we want to take you off Singled Out, and we want to put you on a major network because we have Paramount. We're you know part of Paramount. So we're going to produce a sitcom for you, but we need you to transition so people just don't think of you from a host to an actress. So we think a sketch show. Um, squeezing that in from January until May. And we'll just have you do twenty two episodes. Now they approached me in like November, December. And by January I was doing a sketch show. But I had so much fun doing this weird offbeat sketch show. And uh it was part right of my alley. You know, it's like a the hot girl that throws up her lunch to tell people what she ate. You know, like weird. <laughs> I was I was the weird girl before Jackass. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got I got my ass kicked for doing a scene like that. And the following year, Jackass did it, and it was like amazing. Yeah. So um, I miss that type of comedy. I miss that type of work, but I found myself sucked into the machine of development deals. So it's really hard to pass a million dollars a year to sit on your ass and do nothing. That wait for someone to give you a TV show, and that's what that's what studios do. That's what they did back in the day. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. But uh, I just uh, I did pilot after pilot, and none of them were that great. And I and every year the new network would say the same thing to me. They'd say, "You know what? We know how to write for you. We get you." Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if anyone's paying me. By the time I did so many, I realized you know what? I don't want to be a character. I actually really like being myself. (laughs) I like being me. And that's why I think it worked on MTV. I got to be me. And uh, I told my agent, I said, please do not. I need to cut the cord from acting. If I cut the cord from acting, I could open myself to other opportunities. So um, we did that. We blocked anything coming inward that would suck me back into acting and I moved towards the direction of hosting and being myself and writing and here I am. Yeah,
2: well and I, th- I still
0: only feel like I'm on chapter two of ten chapters in my life.
1: <laughs> well, I think the medium you're in now definitely is more like you I just never saw you as a network girl because you're you're put into a kind of a box when you're on the networks and you can't you can't do what you do. Uh You know, I think you're medium night right now with your with your radio show and being able to talk about everything that you talk about, your sex life and everything with Donnie. I mean, that's that's you. That's that's what you do best. And
2: very
0: raw and real, and they don't want that on network. Yeah, you're never gonna get that on network TV. I was born a little too early. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, even the even the um, New Year's Rock and Eve. I mean, you you still have that's that's a a a highly watched show. and you have to you have to be it you have to be a certain way, and you can't be the Jenny Jenny that we hear on the radio. Yeah, no. yeah, and that's absolutely true. One final quick break to talk to you about Sun Basket. Remember when the summer was all about long, lazy days with nothing to do but sleep and lay out by the pool, which actually sounds good right about now. Well, in the real world, summer is just as hectic as every other time of the year. Awesome. That's why I'm glad. That Sunbasket has come aboard. I told you about them before, and they're great because you know me. I do not cook at all. And when Sunbasket came to me and said, Hey, try this out, let us know what you think, I was like, Okay, I'll admit, I was very skeptical because I'm not a cooker. I don't want to spend time cooking. Um, but when Sunbasket delivers the food and it's all right there for you, easy to follow instructions, and you can make your meal in under 30 minutes. Sign me up. Good enough for me, and I've made quite a few meals now with Sunbasket, and all of them delicious. And I'm I, and I'm telling you, I don't know how to cook. I'm not. they probably could be better, like only because I don't know exactly how to cook. I follow the instructions. I think I'm doing them right. Uh, they're pretty. They're very straightforward. And yeah, so Sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious, seasonal, nutritious meals no matter how busy I get. They send organic and non gMO ingredients pre measured and ready to go. so I can prepare my meals in thirty minutes or less sometimes it's taken me as little as twenty with sunbasket. You can take the guesswork out of preparation, make cleanup easier, and skip the grocery store and they 've got meals to fit every lifestyle you can choose from paleo gluten free lean and clean vegetarian options created by an award winning chef and approved by nutritionist Sunbasket meals. Are quick and always delicious. I can definitely find the time for that. So go to Sunbasket.com slash Steve today. Get fifty percent off your first order. That's Sunbasket.com slash Steve to get fifty percent off your first order. Sunbasket.com slash Steve. Now let's wrap things up with Jenny McCarthy. And one thing one thing I wanted to ask you about your marriage. Obviously, as people know, you're married to Donnie Wahlberg who's a huge part of everything you do. Now, you guys are close in age, and he's about three years ahead of you. I got to believe when you were growing up, you were a New Kids on the Block fan, correct? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> or no. I mean,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm too honest. No, I was not. I, okay. I I think I was a little, like, I think my younger sisters were. Like, I was too cool for school to, like, a boy band,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I, uh, I remember thinking Donnie... I remember faintly seeing Entertainment Tonight on in my memory bank and seeing him on a motorcycle and going, Ew, he's too much of a bad boy. Like, he scares me. Like, he's too tough guy, bad boy. And I came from a kind of a really tough neighborhood where, you know, boys I couldn't date because there was gangs that would beat him up. So I was scared of anything bad, bad boys. And um, he reminded me of that. And then, of course, the weird thing was we never really crossed paths. And the whole time of our careers or parties or neighborhoods until we were on Watch What Happens Live. And even then, I thought he was married, so I didn't even flirt with him. I didn't even <laughs> open myself up going, oh, I like being him. Because in my mind, he was married, yeah. you know. And it wasn't until I did my own show that I had to do homework and research on him, like you did. And you look at people's history, and I went, oh, he's single. Huh. Yeah. And that's when I opened up myself to checking them out, and the rest is history.
1: And the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, that's how it happened. It came on your show. Now, Donnie Loves Jenny, the TV show that you guys have now, is is for three seasons it's been on. And a fourth one is coming in 2017. Are we getting any closer to a premiere date for this? You, can you break some news for us <laughs> no, today?
0: We, we, had, we had to put it on hold. I have to tell you what happened. Um, my son Evan, in the beginning of the third season, quit. He And I was like, oh, my God, we have a whole season to do. And uh, it was tough trying to shoot around him or have him in some scenes where he was like, I don't want to do this. He's like, I'm a teenager. This is embarrassing. And I could not honey boo boo him. I could not Mama June honey boo boo it. Yeah. So I literally said, listen, my son, of course, is number one. And we have to wait until either A, he's ready or B, he leaves for college. So he's still at the point where I'm, um, I'm too embarrassing to even sit next to him in a restaurant. So I don't <laughs> think we're close to filming oh. uh, anytime soon. <laughs> well,
1: one one thing that's always scared me about these these newlywed quote unquote reality shows is that if you look at the track record for them. And I've said this many times, and it's just it's never been good going all the way back to Nick and Jessica and then Carmen Electra and Dave Navarro. Then most recently with the Bachelorette franchise with Ben and Lauren, all these couples that decide to televise their you know, engagement years or the early years of their marriage all seem to end up breaking up. You and Donnie obviously don't seem anywhere close to that. So what would you say is the key to not letting this type of show kill a relationship?
0: I would say that reality shows don't break up couples. Couples break up couples. And it's really the truth of the matter. If you allow outside influences, you can say, you can lie and pretend, or maybe they can contribute, but ultimately it's the couple. It's maybe how the couple handles things. Um, But I, I don't, I don't buy into that. And maybe because... Yeah, I'm in it, you know. I I can tell myself that. But um, Donnie and I have done a lot of work. And by work, I mean therapy on ourselves. And, you know, by the time we we committed to doing it the second time around, we are very wise and grown up and um, in a way different place. Now, mind you, if Donnie and I did a reality show when we were 20, I think there could have been, I could have been part of that, you know. Yeah. Statistic, but i think we're both older wiser that we both look at it and go that's funny that they think reality shows break people up <laughs> it's people break each other
1: up yeah i mean i i didn't really want to say that it was because of those shows that those couples broke up it just seemed like everyone that seemed to get a show ended up broken up now you know whatever in whatever the case may I be but that. yeah so yeah. It, it was just I a mean, way, weird thing were
0: you i'd be and i'd be asking myself that same exact question if i was interviewing me i'd say aren't you worried about that and mm, mm, not at all i do think it's ironic but i also you can say you know getting married in hollywood and being a hollywood celebrity the statistics show that you won't stay together yeah you know what i
2: mean yeah it's true so it's all of it
1: (laughs) and let's uh, speaking of tv shows let's talk about the bachelor franchise um I don't know how many people know this, but you do have an indirect link to the franchise in that the very infamous Ashley I used to nanny for you back in the day. Did you Were you the one that convinced her to go on this show?
0: Isn't it funny that not many people do know that, still? But uh, she was Evan's nanny. Yeah. And she said to me, I'm sorry, but I have to give you a notice. And I'm like, what? what are you doing um, besides getting a life? Yeah. <laughs> she said, I'm actually going to be on The Bachelor. And I was screamed because, of course, I'm into this. Yeah. It's my, you know, food. And uh, I said, oh, my God, this is insane. When do you leave? And she's like, I leave in like two weeks um, and so on and so forth. And I said, can I give you some advice? And she said, sure. And I said, do everything the producers want you
2: to do. <laughs> You
0: want to be their little minion because they have power in whispering to the bachelor to keep you.
2: Yeah, And I
0: don't know this through, but, you know, any fool can put pieces together and figure out the producers have a hand in it. So um, after the show, of course, i talked to her and she said, oh, my God, that was the greatest piece of advice because there's a corn on the cob eating moment. She's like, the producers were asking the girls can get someone to go eat a corn on the cob by themselves. And all the girls were like, no. And Ashley was like, I'll do it. <laughs> so the fact that she was kind of open, um, I think absolutely helped her. But I also think Ashley, <laughs> Ashley's crying.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, love her or hate her. I mean, Ashley is a polarizing figure in this franchise because, of who she is we know her as the crying girl she's very outspoken um you know all the time she came back you know two seasons on paradise all the Jared stuff I mean it it, it is you know what you're getting with her and she knows how to play the game it, it, quote unquote you know um speaking of bachelor and Bachelor and Rachel season are you obviously you're watching Rachel season do you know the spoilers for this season
0: I do not I purpose this is the first year I didn't look up your spoilers I'm okay. like you know what I'm gonna hold off.
1: Okay. So with that said, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but who do you I mean we're down to three? Eric, Brian, and Peter. Who do you think she's picking?
0: Well, first of all, can I just say that her choices are awful. <laughs> they're awful. But then again, they're always awful. I do feel like her defending Brian so much made me believe that she's into Brian the most. Yeah. Um Peter. I liked the authenticity of him being honest, like, um, let's be real. I'm not going to ask you to marry me right now, and I'm not going to say love yet. Yeah. I like that. and But he's also boring as hell. Like, he couldn't be more vanilla, yeah.
1: you know? He's very so vanilla. He's
0: got this pretty boring, real guy. And then you've got Eric, who can't form a sentence, and she's a lawyer. She's pretty intellectual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eric couldn't even get our proposal correctly. And then you've got Brian, who is every girl knows what kind of Brian you
2: yeah. know
0: he is. He's <laughs> a player. He's a smooth-talking player. So out of those three, I think she's going to wind up going for Brian mm-hmm. only because I'm afraid she thinks that Peter will embarrass her in front of national television. Unless, but you know what? I can tell you this. I am one of those idiots. That bites. I go with the edit. You know how the editors try to screw you up, oh yeah, and fool you. I bite every freaking time. <laughs> so I've never guessed right. I'm always wrong. So I can't wait to probably eat my words.
1: Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in two weeks. Obviously, I've known for a while, but you'll you'll see. You'll get your answer uh, in a couple weeks. Next week we have the men tell all. And can I ask you done. a
0: question? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know one thing. Yeah, you being so good at this. Do you feel like Rachel does feel the pressure to have that happy ending at the end of this because she's the first African American bachelorette, or do you think she has enough um, self confidence to say, you know what, I really appreciate this process, but because I didn't find anyone, I think I'm going to just walk away. I do you feel she feels pressure.
1: I, I think it's just the show itself. We all know by now, after watching it for so many years, and now I think the statistic is 18 of the last 19 seasons have ended in an engagement. It's just basically what's come to be expected of this show. The only one who hasn't proposed in the last 19 seasons was Juan Pablo. And uh, I don't know how he got away with it, considering everyone else does. And I'm sure if you asked those 18 that did propose at the end... Most of them would probably say, yeah, I, you know, I didn't really need to, but that's what they kind of expect out of you, so I did it. I think Rachel – I do think Rachel wants to get married. She is a career woman. She's 31. She's in that area. Where, I mean, she said it numerous times last night in the episode. My God, it just – I want to be married, you know, and I want to have kids, and I'm not here to date anybody after the show. Like, So it sounds like she certainly went in wanting to be married or engaged, and – um You know, she has said in every interview since the season started, like, hey, I am engaged. So we all know she is engaged. It's just a matter of to who. Um, But I I don't know. I don't think there was any extra pressure on her uh, for being the first black uh, bachelorette. But I just think they're so they want that. They want that ending because they feel like if they're going to give the audience 11 weeks of television, it's just kind of a kind of a buzzkill at the end to be like, oh, yeah, they're just continuing to date like. They, you know, it's, it's television. That
0: was my theory, too. That was my theory, too. I thought, you know what? They have to do the happy ending. For all those people that have been chewing popcorn, waiting each week, and they don't have the happy ending, they're, they're going to be pissed. Yeah. But um, Oprah had a great theory, which was she's pressing um, uh, Peter to propose because if he doesn't, then she's stuck with a Zara ring instead of, like, you
2: know, <laughs> what is that?
1: <laughs> the Neil Lane <laughs> she ring?
2: Get, yes, that she needs to get that ring she has the opportunity.
1: Yeah, I I she did interview, she did interview this morning with people where she was just she's like gushing. She can't wait to show off her ring and she can't wait to be with her man in public and yeah, she's she's ready to go. And apparently, I mean, she's super happy and she's obviously they've spent their secret time alone together for these last couple months since the show ended filming and she said every day I spend with him, uh, it gets better and better and you know, Granted, we hear that every yeah we hear that out of every couple, and and you know when we see them on the after the final rose, we'll get that oh my god they look so cute together. But look, let's face it, like the the relationship doesn't start until they can be a public couple and do regular normal things, and not you know not go to yeah it's just not it's not real life when you're out there filming, and it's not real life even when you're done filming because you have to keep it secret for a couple months. But once the after the final rose, if
0: they do you find out if they do it in the fantasy suite? Like you get such great information. I'm always dying like, do they test out the package before they say
1: yes? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you you'd what? have you'd have to go through every season and 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 break it down because some have slept with all three, some have slept with two, some have slept with one. Uh, I think Sean Lowe is the only one that didn't sleep with any of his girls because he was, you know, this born again virgin and was and was saving himself again for marriage. Um <laughs> but everybody else definitely has sex in the fantasy suite uh it's a, it's, it's it. a given so um i wanted to i know i i know we got to run here but i wanted to wrap this up with um i do a rapid 10 at the end of every interview where i talk to i have 10 random questions and i just want to rip through them and and go over them with you and some are personal some are just show related whatever the case may be but uh, it's called my rapid 10 so it. question number 1 even though you weren't a fan growing up, what is maybe now your favorite New Kids song? I got to go
0: with Remix because Donnie sings it.
1: <laughs> remix? Really? That's your favorite one? Interesting.
0: Okay. I do. I love Remix for some reason. I don't know why. But I invite you to watch the music video and then okay. you'll get
1: it. Okay. Um, question number two. Your first makeout. Who was it with? Where did it happen? How old were you? Was it any good?
0: Gary Manzo, seventh grade, behind a garage in Chicago. And it was the worst kiss ever. (laughs) And it felt like it felt, I just kept it. Picturing like a washing machine, it went. The tongue went around and around, and it was stiff and encircled. Ugh. And um, I got on my ten speed, ran home, and uh, rode home and brushed my teeth like a hundred times. It was it was so gross.
1: Behind a garage, like a like a a mechanics garage or. <laughs>
0: No, house garage. House we garage, alleys okay. Alley's in Chicago. Not everyone has alleys, but we had an alley, and uh, okay. we got in the alley.
1: Okay, you did in the alley. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, question number three, your worst habit. Oh,
0: um, getting acrylic nails and biting them off within the first hour.
1: <laughs> okay, if, if I were to ask Donnie what he thought your worst habit was, what would he say?
0: Hands down, he'd say the exact same thing. Really? He says, You just got them done an hour ago. And I go, clump. <laughs> and they go flying across
1: the room. <laughs> awesome. Okay, question number four. Last movie you cried at?
0: Oh, God. I would have to go with, I'm not that much of a crier. Oh, really? movies, and you're going to be like, wow, this is really old. I went to go see Braveheart when I was pregnant and sat by myself in the theater and cried for up until the next movie played.
1: What? Wow, Braveheart? <laughs> I never would have guessed that. If you I gave know. me 100 guesses, never would have guessed that one. <laughs> um, not, not counting Donnie Loves Jenny, uh, question number five not counting Donnie Loves Jenny, what is your current favorite TV show? And let's go non-reality. Let's go scripted.
0: Okay, scripted. I'm not a big scripted person, but I really got into handmade Tale. But I'm not picking that one. Oh. I'm going with. And how am I blanking the name right now? It's not Waterworld. It's <laughs> what? It's, what is it?
1: What? It's, 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 oh the the, uh, the the HBO show.
0: The Robot People. The, yeah, the HBO show.
1: Why am I blanking on that? Yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what show, and I'm forgetting the title now too. But yeah, the robots and Anth- I know, I Anthony Hopkins is world. in it. Like,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, what is that? Uh, it's W something W something World, and I'm totally blanking. But yeah, i um, It's gonna okay, drive good. me nuts. I'm, glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, question number six. Tell us one thing about Donnie that people would be surprised to know.
0: He he has the most incredible comedic personality. Most people probably wouldn't see that because he does a drama and he is in a band. Yeah. But every single day, the man makes me laugh so hard until I'm like, I'm in tears. He's so funny and he's so incredibly smart. I'm literally. I mean, people make fun of us all the time for being so like addicted to each other, but he. He's, to me he's the funniest smartest guy in the world. So I think people would be surprised how
1: funny he is. Okay. Well, I mean, that's it's better than it's better than being the couple that doesn't look like they're happy together. I mean there's always that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um oh by the that's way, true. it's it's Westworld. Ah, I looked it up when you yeah. Thank Westworld.
0: You. Oh my God, that would have been driving me crazy. I would have called you back to reality <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs>
1: Um, question number seven, the first big thing you bought for yourself when you got that playboy check. Well, I know you had to pay off bills, but what was the one thing you splurged on yourself for when you got your first big paycheck?
0: Well, the, um, the, when I was a playmate, it was my college tuition, but my playmate of the year check, I consider that to be the money. It was a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, did 90,000 of it to, um, pay off my parents' debt. And oh, okay. then I took
1: 10000 um to live off of. And then we'll, what happened to the rest of it?
0: Um, oh, the ten, well, I gave him 90000 I took ten, and I
1: used it for food and rent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you never bought – you never – okay, so then what was the first big purchase you ever made for yourself? Because you said you didn't have a lot. Obviously, when you started making money, first big, like, vain purchase, whether it was a car or whatever um, the case may be.
0: Um, I want a car for playing of the year, so I have to go with, um, I probably wound up spending it on a purse. Like, I'm just not that much of a girl, but,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I, I, I'm a tomboy, but I probably was like, wow, I just dropped a thousand dollars on a purse. That's crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Question number eight. If you could go back and talk to 18 year old Jenny, what's the one biggest piece of advice you would have given your teenage, you would give your teenage self?
0: I quit smoking. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I started when I was twelve, and I quit like only last year.
1: Oh wow, I didn't know that. Is it has it has it been tough?
0: Oh my god, it's awful. I mean, I quit when I was pregnant, and then of course, like a year after giving birth, I'm like, oh, I miss smoking, so I went back, and it was really, really, really hard. Because I've like, you know, I, I like to keep myself busy, so if I'm bored at all. Smoking was the perfect filler.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Question number nine. You've done some wild antics on TV over the years. Is there anything that you look back on and get the least bit embarrassed by? You don't seem to get embarrassed Uh, much.
0: (laughs) No, I don't. But that's a really, really great question. Um, You know what? There is something, though. and, And it's an embarrassing thing, and it's also a funny thing, and it's also a sad thing all combined into one. But I went on the Conan O'Brien show and I was playmate of the year only. I wasn't on single out yet. They had me go on the show as a Playboy Playmate of the Year. Okay. And um I wore this dress that was probably, you know, fifteen dollars. And I had the biggest armpit stains. They were huge. <laughs> so I'm supposed to be this like cute, sexy girl and I'm wearing this pink dress with armpits Sweat the size of my head on both sides.
1: <laughs> that definitely was probably pretty embarrassing. Did you know it at the no, time or good. not until you it was watched back? You were like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Somebody told you. Uh-huh. Ba-
0: it, it, oh, yeah. I got phone calls from everyone I went to school with. It didn't help, too, that, that the girl, you know, there's always a first guest that yeah. you sit next to on the couch. She was making fun of me. It was a girl from SNL, but I don't even remember her name. Ellen Arkin, sounds like. She was um making fun of me while I was talking which was causing me to sweat and my mom was in the audience and she came from the back after the show and was crying. And she's like girl made fun of you. <laughs> so it was that's what I said. It was like a sad but funny yet so embarrassing moment in my life.
1: Okay, final question. Question number 10 is called Explain Your Tweet. It's where I go go through your Twitter account and find something and have you explain it in more detail. However, most of your tweets are promoting your show and, you know, what's coming up on your show for the day. So I did find one, though. It was from April 19th. Donnie tweeted out hashtag bumgina, and then you retweeted it. What what was that? What is that? (laughs) Wow.
0: I'm going to explain it, but then I'm going to give you a better one. Okay. It has to do with something that's right in your wheelhouse. But um, Bumjina was from a TV show that Donnie and I produced for Joey McIntyre. And we also were in it. And we did a uh, Pictionary game inside of a scene that had Bumjina drawn in it. So it was literally from the TV show and we tweeted it. Okay. That's it. Really boring story. But I'd rather explain another one that I thought you were going
1: to say. Oh, okay.
0: Which was, I blame my cellulite Cellulite on on Barbara Walters. Walters.
1: I saw that. That was going to be, that was in the running. (laughs) I was just like, okay. But yeah, explain that one. And I'll
0: tell you why that that's good for you is because (laughs) of Vicky, uh, I mean, Shannon blaming her cellulite on Vicky. (laughs) What?
1: i i heard about that i don't watch the housewives but i did hear about it because i follow people on social media and stuff like that and i i cannot
2: believe you don't watch
1: no movies, i've never not
2: on a part of your life
1: you know what i Ugh. the only one i've watched is the dallas one when they've only had one season their second They're season the starts in a couple for. weeks yeah that's what everyone seems to say like i only watch it because it's local and i'm just like okay i just want to see the places around here that they go and because i'm in dallas and um but i just i've never gotten into the housewives probably because i don't know i just I, i've never gotten into it i just i haven't but I, i'm you know aware is, of who these people are
0: because i never did either until i started doing radio so i went and i started season 1 and did every single city in a course of 3 months from 1 until the current season so i caught up so i knew how to enter of
1: every season like you did all of them every miami atlanta all of them like
0: all of them. I binge-watched. This is what Donnie... When Donnie was on tour yeah. for the past three months, I watched every single Housewife from one till current day. Wow. And I got to tell you, completely worth every moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I and trust me, I know people swear by him and just love that type of television, and I'm sure I probably would like it, but I feel so overwhelmed because... I'm. I haven't seen any of any episodes of any season, and I just the thought of doing that many and getting caught up. I just that's what's overwhelming. Yeah, I, I would have it. to choose like one season if, if and decide like okay. So tell me this: if I were to choose one franchise to go to and and start watching every season, because I know that some of them are in seasons three and four, some are in seven or eight. Which one should I do?
0: Um, I would tell you to do New York because. Bethany does do a great job with doing funny quips.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so you do get some laughter out of it. And there's drama because they're crazy bitches. So I would have to go with New York, even though my favorite is Beverly Hills. But I would recommend to you New York.
1: Okay. So you recommend New York to me. Okay. Well, thank you. You completed the uh, rapid 10. And uh, Jenny, I appreciate you. I'm glad that I'm glad you reached out to me a couple years ago and had me on Um Uh, I'll come on anytime to talk bachelor and bachelorette stuff. And I really appreciate you taking the time out today to, uh, to do this podcast with me today. I really appreciate
0: it. And I love your work. Congratulations on being so successful with it. I'm really proud of you.
1: Thank you, Jenny. Uh, I appreciate it. And thank you for coming on and we will be in touch in the future.
0: You got it. Take care, Steve.
1: Thanks. bye. Bye. Well, thank you to Jenny for that. Um, uh, those of you that have listened to this podcast since we started back in December know that, you know, since I started doing the interviews, we've gone hour, hour and a half. Some have been up to two hours. But when you get someone like Jenny McCarthy and you have the ability, you have the chance, and their people say, yeah, she'll do it, I'm not making any demands of, can I get her for an hour? Uh, trust me, I would have loved to have talked to Jenny for an hour and an hour and a half. There's so many things that I had to cover. That just by judging by her answers and how we were going, and I had to look at a clock the whole time, you know, um, there's just stuff we couldn't get to. So, and no, I know a lot of you are thinking, like, well, why didn't you ask her about vaccination? Like, look, I'm not going to have Jenny McCarthy on and talk about autism and um, her stance on vaccination. Like, it's just, that's not the appropriate uh, thing to do. Um, It's it's neither here nor there. Like I, it's, it's not, it was never even going to, even if I had two hours with her, I never would have brought it up because it's for this type of podcast and for what I wanted to accomplish in this podcast, that was never my goal. Um, and, but when you're only like given a certain amount of time, yeah. I mean, like I said, I totally appreciate Jenny coming on. Like Jenny has been somebody that I have followed through, followed over the years. Um, and just to have her on was good enough for me. So, uh, I was going to take all the time I could get. And, um, so yeah, there, there was that. I appreciate, uh, her coming on because she has always been a favorite of mine. Um, she, uh, uh the first time I went on her radio show, it was basically like, hey, I needed to let her know. Cause she, you know, Jenny, if you've heard Jenny's show on Sirius XM, it is, you know, she'll talk about anything, anything sex related. And, um, Yeah, I've made it known that, Jenny, hey, you were a very big part of me becoming the man (laughs) I am today. I mean, when she's the playmate of the year in 1994, like I had just transferred to Loyola Marymount in L.A. and was in a dorm room and Playboys were the thing back then. There was no Internet porn back then. I mean, it was just she was the girl uh, and just talking to her. I mean, honestly, this is the first podcast I've ever done. Even though I've been on Jenny's show, I think three times now as a guest, like this was the first time I ever did a podcast where I was somewhat nervous about uh, talking to her, uh, talking to the guest because, you know, kind of (laughs) not not someone I idolized, but you know, yeah, someone that you've had that big of a thing for over the years. Like, yeah, it was a little it was a little nerve wracking at first, but once it got started, I was fine. Um, But yeah, that's why. There were a lot of things that we just uh, we couldn't get to. We did have a time crunch. Uh, her people told me that she she had to get going. So, um, I hope you I hope you enjoyed that for what it was. Um, and I hope that uh, in the future maybe we'll get a chance to talk to Jenny again and get maybe get more time with her. And I'll I'll let you know any other time that uh, I'm on Jenny's show uh, as a guest. So uh, I appreciate her coming on. I appreciate you all listening uh, to podcast number. Which one was this again? This was podcast... Oh, this was 36. So uh, be back with podcast number 37 next week. Um, And next week we have the Men Tell All on Monday. You'll have your recap on Tuesday. Reader emails Wednesday. And then back with Dr. Reality Steve and podcast number 37 next week. So until then, I am Reality Steve. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. See you.